Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, heart-centered business and life. I'm your host, Sarah. The recording you're about to hear today is a replay of a live conversation with Isa Gauchi, who is the CEO of M. Isa Messaging, a full-service marketing agency for creatives and small businesses. Isa is an elemental entrepreneur. She built her business in the Elemental Entrepreneurship Group Coaching Program. And she just celebrated the one-year anniversary of her business. And I did a live with Issa to discuss what's going on with her a year into her business, how the Elemental Entrepreneurship Framework helped her and continues to help her in building and growing her business. And I wanted to do this now because we are kicking off and celebrating the opening of the brand new Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven. You've heard me be talking a little bit about this, and if you follow me on social media, I've been posting about it. I've been preparing for it. I've been working on this behind the scenes for a long time, and I'm so excited that it is now ready to share with y'all. The doors officially open on 420, which if you're hearing this podcast on 419, when it comes out is tomorrow. But as a thank you for being a podcast listener, the link is in the show notes for you and you are getting founding member discounted pricing that only lasts until 421. So if you're interested after you hear this, definitely make sure you take advantage of that. The Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is the new structure that I am so excited to be offering Elemental Entrepreneurship in. It is a high-level coaching container, a mastermind, a continuing business education portal, a networking dream, hippie wizard business school, everything you need to grow your business to six figures for a couple hundred bucks a month. I am so excited to be able to offer this to my community. I've been very deliberate and intentional about how I've been building this so I could offer something very close to what you would get in a very expensive high-level coaching container for a price that the people that I love to serve the most can access. And when I say the people I love to serve the most, what I'm talking about is artists, creatives, and healers, particularly those who are either just starting out in their business, or maybe you've been kind of winging it in business for a while, but your business isn't really solid, structured, sustainable, you don't have some of your foundational pieces in place, or if you came to freelancer to uh, to CEO, you're kind of realizing your business is not really a company, but you are a freelancer. So if you were to stop taking tons of gigs, the business itself would stop running. If you are in any of those positions, the noise that you're hearing is my cat's who only start being bad the second I start recording or get on a Zoom call. If you have pets out there, you know what it is. They know that you're distracted, and that's when they start acting up. So forgive the background interruptions. 
If you are in any of those positions, you're just starting out and you feel like you have really no idea what to do and you don't have a ton of money to invest in your business yet, but you are very determined to make your business happen quickly, or you've been in business for a while, but your business isn't really businessing the way you want it to business yet, then the Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven was built for you very seriously built for you, deliberately designed with you in mind. When you join the coven, you get access to all of the Elemental Entrepreneurship course material, two group coaching sessions a month, bi-monthly workshops on topics that are connected to anything top of mind going on in business right now, either taught by me or a guest expert that I bring in to help us in a particular area of business that we really need support with, as well as self-care and community care experiences, because sometimes we need a healing, a sound bath, a Reiki session, a yoga class, a something that's just for us to take care of us as business owners, because we are out here taking care of a million and one things plus everybody else. It is really a chock full of goodness experience at an unbelievable price point. Um, The community manager that I brought on, we're calling her our society sorceress, Porsche Michelle, who works with six and seven figure high performance entrepreneurs, really access to her is a gift, but that's a whole other podcast. Uh, Actually, go back and listen to the episode with Portia Michelle. You will find it in the podcast feed. She is the society sorceress in the coven. She is building and facilitating the community portion of the coven. And when she was looking through everything we were offering, she looked at me and said, this is a $12,000 a month program that you are giving away for less than $300 a month. You're not going to be able to offer this this cheap for this long. This is crazy. So I just looked back at her and said, yeah, but this is how I want to do it. And maybe it is a little crazy, but this is how I want to do it. So this is what we're doing. The Elemental Entrepreneurship Coven is open now. The link's in the bio. I'm going to stop rambling and let you get into listening to Issa talk to you about how, how Elemental Entrepreneurship helped her build her business and continues to help her as an entrepreneur. And I hope that after you listen to this, you click the link in the show notes and go join the coven yourself. I would love to help you build your thriving, successful, creative, heart-centered business. I'll see you in there. Hello, good morning, happy Sunday. Let me know if you can hear me. I am waiting for Issa to join. We're gonna talk a little bit today about her experience in elemental entrepreneurship. And um, she has been in business now for a year and built her business in elemental. So she's gonna be joining me live to talk about, yay, hi, here she is. Yay. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. (laughs) So I guess just to start, I was telling everyone that we are going live to talk about your experience with Elemental 
entrepreneurship, but can we talk first about, you just share with people what your business is and what you do? Yes. So um, my business is called MESA Messaging, and it's a marketing agency specifically for small businesses that are in creative or healing arts. And um, most of my customers right now are like BIPOC, queer, femme, identifying somewhere in there. It's not exclusively for that, but um, like the way my value system is aligned and the work I, I want to do in the world seems to be that's most of the people that are drawn to me right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And how long have you been in business? It was just my one year birthday for my business. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> and happy business birthday. Thank you. <laughs> so I would love for you to share with folks a little bit about like how you decided to start your business and what was going on when you first started. Um, well, now I think like after the spirit module, it was a very spiritual thing. Like I was, um, trying to do the corporate thing for a really long time and the situation had just really become pretty toxic for me. Um, and so I kind of was having one of those moments where it's like, I know I need to leave, but I don't know where to go or like how to get, I felt like I needed like my next step totally planned out to be able to leave. And then, um, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Um, oh, sorry. I don't, Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I seriously was just like, I have no idea what to do. I went to bed. And then like the next morning I woke up and like the lady in Madeline, like, you know, like something is not right except for the opposite. I was like, I just like sat up and was like, I have to start my own business. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and had you started before you joined Elemental or did you start it in Elemental? Let's see. When did I start? When did Elemental start? Was it June? That sounds right. I have okay. zero. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like a very baby beginning. Like I launched my website, which was like my business birthday. I decided on on March 29th. And then like my first wave of customers were all people I knew personally. So like Elemental started right at the perfect time, right where I was at that. Oh, shit. Now I need people who don't just already know and love me to like come work with me. Uh, <laughs> and um, what made you decide to join? I went to your business alchemy live and you just like consistently blew my mind. I think like I really liked the spirit day, like where you were talking about um, how like water doesn't just go from tepid to boiling like there's all these little bubbles that have to rise to the top and you gave your famous cake metaphor and I was just like I felt like it was like a bomb for my soul like I was really in an anxiety place right there and I was just like I need this like my mindset needs this sort of like positivity and encouragement and like I think I recognized pretty early on like the biggest thing that that could get in the way of my business working was my own um like mindset and like anxiety and stress and self-doubt <laughs> yeah i think that's true for everybody i really do i think like we're always our our, our biggest stumbling block is always us it's our mindset yeah, but, it's yeah. me it's me <laughs> <laughs> no, <it really> <laughs> 
once you got into elemental entrepreneurship, how do I want to ask this? First of all, what was the most valuable for you? Let's go macro to micro. Oh my gosh, that's really hard to pick. Um, I think one of the things like the people around me noticed a really big change with was um, I got very religious about the Gaka journal that you have like right in the first section. And I did it every day. And like people, like I didn't even notice the change at first, but people around me are like, you're so cheerful or they're like, and it was really interesting because I think like my mind was just in this habit of like worst case scenario, um, like grind hustle, like a lot of that stuff had just sort of seeped into my mind so intensely. I didn't notice it. And it, it just like, it literally felt like my brain was getting lighter <laughs> in a good way. Like the more I t- practiced um, like gratitude and positivity and checking in, like, what do I want? You know? Yeah. I just, for people who don't know what you can talk about, GACA is a journaling format that's in all of my programs. I've actually been doing it pretty much every day. Like really changed my life. And it's pretty simple. doing gratitude and affirmations in the morning. And well, not in like a really typical affirmation way, but like some grateful for some things you want. And then what going to do today to get it and then an affirmation supports you in that and then at the end of the day which i think is the most important part is giving yourself credit and appreciation for what you did do and that's in elemental entrepreneurship but it's also like um not good ones so these are on my website and you can grab them and they're like uh six months i think of pages and they just look like that and you can just fill it out yourself i have one next to my bed like a pen in the uh, thing and i just do it all the time and it's so simple but I really do notice like if I miss a week that my my brain feels different (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really it's really cool um it felt really good to like have other people notice the change and then also maybe like what I was realizing is I think I had like a coping mechanism where like if I felt uncertain, I was like, I had to think of all the worst possible things that could happen so I could like mentally prepare. <laughs> but like that really kind of bogged my mind down and made it hard to act or like work through the fear. So it was really cool to have that tool help kind of rewire those pathways. <laughs> so cool. So in terms of the coursework, um, I guess, talk to me about how like the educational material in, in it was supportive for you. Yeah, well, all of it's really helpful. I thought, like when I first started a business, there was all the like, how do you do an LLC? What the hell is a contract? Like, how do you money? All of that stuff felt kind of overwhelming. And it was, it felt like EE did a really good job of like, you pulled in experts who were able to be like, here's the information you need to know. If you can't figure it out yourself, here's the type of person you want to work with. And it felt like very like manageable. And there was something about like, um, also like having the buddy. Um, so like, I remember texting Kristen after the legal one and being like, I'm having feelings. <laughs> and she's like, me too. And then there was something, and then we're like, okay, well, I guess we better just figure out the legal thing now. Like there was just something so supportive to have like 
right from the beginning, you're like, we're going to talk about practical information, but that doesn't mean you're not going to feel stuff about it. So let's, let's handle both. Yeah. Um, so all of that was great. And then the water tools were really, really helpful. And I think like, I think the section that most blew my mind was spirit. Um, like that was all really new stuff for me. Um, and like you, I think it's a section for expectation. Like you're going to see what you're looking for. <laughs> and so I decided to do an experiment because I'm all skeptical. So I was like, I'm just going to expect to get great par- parking spots every day this week and see what happens. And then I did. <laughs> it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what Ethan's kind of referencing y'all. So in the first part is earth stuff. So you, um, usually I tell people to start with earth because those are the big that a lot of people come into business with. It's like, do I need an LLC? What kind of contracts do I need? How am I going to manage my money? That kind of stuff. Um, with the expectation that that's going to be overwhelming for most of us, especially for artists, creators, and healers, because that tends to be the stuff that we actually feel really disempowered around. Or like we, I always talk about how like we're the only people who spend our whole lives being told that the things we're good at are not And that we're just like by default somehow bad at money, bad at numbers, bad at business. That like you can't be both a creative or artistic person and good at managing the practical side of your life, which I don't like it's such a disempowering message and so not true. Um, But I do think that like for us, we need to find a way to make it creative and interesting and fun for us and kind of gamify it a little bit and then also have small wins and an earth and then the water all of the emotional support tools for helping you deal with your big feelings as you start being like oh my god i have to figure out a budget or contracts and it makes me want to die uh, like there's <laughs> uh we were just talking about kristen kristen was isa's buddy and and she just joined hey kristen <laughs> you matched with a buddy who helps you and supports you and that you chat with when you're freaking out or just when you're having a good day and you know, what's going on in your business to help keep you on track um spirit module both water and spirit i think are the two modules that make elemental the most different from any other business program because you might join a business program where you hear about budgets and you might join a business program where they teach you about like how to do a launch or something but a lot of the time like the fact that you're gonna have big feelings about these things is never addressed and the fact that some of those feelings come down to like an internal framework that we don't even realize is a spiritual framework, but I think of it as a spiritual framework of like, I doubt that good things will happen for me. Like as a joke, but I, it wasn't really a joke for a long time. As younger, I called myself a paranoid agnostic. Like if something bad is going to happen. <laughs> like, and then I like joked about it. I thought it was a funny phrase, but then I was like, no, really, I kind of do believe that. And like, it took some like noticing that, entrepreneurship is inherently risky, right? Like entrepreneurs need to be less risk averse than the average person because we don't a hundred percent know all the time how to work. But that requires is like lots of faith. And that is a spiritual conversation, right? Like lots of faith in yourself, lots of faith in other people, lots of faith that like by default things move in the general direction. Um, and for many of us, we don't even realize that 
not our internal framework until we start trying to do some risky things or like put ourselves out there and we're like, oh, my relationship to taking risks is like panic and doubt. <laughs> like you can work like that, but you're not going to enjoy it. <laughs> In terms of, so that's course material stuff. Talk to me about the group coaching sessions and how those were for you. Those were really beautiful. Um, I think like what stood out to me was that like, I think it was rarely we'd have a coaching group coaching session where it would just be about business. It would be like my body image issues have come up or like my um, sense of worth has come up or like it was, it just really drove home. Like for me, I was just like, at first I was like, why can't I just business a hundred percent of the time with a hundred percent of my brain? And then I was like, Oh, nobody does that. Like everybody's having their, like life shit come up yeah. in the work of their business. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's so valuable and important. And I think that again, like that's one of the ways that EE is really different is because I really feel like we're all humans first, right? And for many of us, we're like human first, creative second, business owner third. Um, and like we were saying at the very beginning, like the human stuff is what tends to thwart the business stuff which then makes us doubt ourselves as creatives right like it's it can be a really bad little loop and the things you were just mentioning body image and worth i don't see those talked about a lot in business stuff but especially for those of us who do all of our business on the internet like you're <laughs> on camera you're, t you're like you're sharing pictures of yourself your face like there's no way for any issues in, or insecurities that you have about literally being like your body as the vehicle for this message to not show up. But if there's not a place where that's being talked about, then you do feel like I must be the only person having this problem. But like, no, everybody, <laughs> all of us are like, mm, this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do think also creatives, especially so much of our worth is tied to our work. And I think that's true for everyone. But my guess is if you're just like an accountant or something like that, where you're like, no, I do this very straightforward service. And like, people don't want to do it. So they pay me to do it. That is different than when you're like, this thing that I'm making feels like it comes from my soul. So if you don't want it, it's hard for me not to feel personally rejected. I think even like if it's a straightforward service like an accountant though like why pick you over other accountants <laughs> you know like that I I'm sure it shows up more if it's like you're literally selling the art you make with your your soul but I think like it might come up for everybody and like why aren't people choosing me like yeah. does it mean I'm not good enough <laughs> Absolutely and we tie worth to to money so much right so yeah. Money, it must mean I personally am not worthy of being recognized. Stuff we pull apart and we just be like, no, 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 that's not, that's not real. <laughs> Those things don't go together. Totally. <laughs> I love that. And so now a year into your business and maybe like, gosh, is it six months out of the program? Something like that? Yeah, Five I think so. <laughs> um, I'm just curious about like what, what do you notice that you're still using? 
I'm still using the gratitude journaling. Um, and then I'm using the water, uh, forgetting the name. So like, there's like a shame journal mm-hmm. and the, the water logs. Mm-hmm. So those are really helpful. Like the water log is if you're just having a big emotional block, um, to your work, like my previous tendency was to just be like, avoid it, (laughs) do something else, don't think about it. But this one really makes you like sit with it and like kind of talk to it and be like, what are you? And then like a lot of the time it's like, oh, this was a thing that was trying to protect me at some point in the past, but I don't, I can like let it go at this time (laughs) so I can do my thing. (laughs) I love that so much. That's so great to hear. And then how do you feel like the things that you learned in Elemental or maybe like how you set your business up when you used Elemental kind of like set you up to keep working? Oh, so I was thinking about that this morning. And one is um, like the work around scarcity mindset helped me get better on like who are the customers I'm best suited to serve. Like I had a really hard time getting out of the like, uh, the people that will pay me money are my customers, (laughs) even though I'm a marketer and I know better than that. But like, I think you actually probably remember from the coaching calls, like some of, I was, I was still getting corporate-y type customers coming in, um, in the early stages of my business. And I was running into the same sort of like, reasons why that didn't work for me when I worked in that environment. And it took a really long time for me to like be confident enough to be like those, like those just aren't my people. That's not who I'm designed to help because it depletes me too much. And so um, now my, my customers, they're so cool. They're all, I mean, not that I'm not to bash on them. It's not that they weren't cool, but they're just like, I feel so aligned with like their values. I feel aligned with their mission in the world. I feel like I can um, like show up swearing. I can talk about being queer in Chicana and that's not going to scare them away. If they see like a clip of me pole dancing, they're not going to be like pearls. Um, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's really like the customers are much more aligned. And then I also realized um, that at some point, um, it took a while for this to be this lesson to sink in where you're like, you need to get out of the mindset of like, your time is what makes you money and start figuring out how to like, believe that you are worthy of being paid for the value you're bringing, not necessarily like the hours you're spending working on a project. So at first I was like, all right, everybody's going to hire me for contacts. I'll just like make the whole website and write everything for them and do all their social media. And um, yeah, that's totally doable for me in a small team. Um, And so then I was like, "Mm, you will never sleep, Isa. So I started branching out into like some more passive income streams, which are have been really exciting. Um, and so, yeah, I think the big two big, big changes that made my business sustainable were like, how do I make money that in a way that doesn't deplete me and with people that don't deplete me? (laughs) I love that. That's so valuable. Were there things around like, um, I guess I'm thinking about maybe fire stuff, like practical day-to-day, like how you show up and do work that Elemental helped you with. Yeah, so I'm actually really grateful for the contracts thing because um, I was like, oh, okay, I need late fees. 
you know? Um, and, oh, that was, that was earth. Okay. So fire was, um, through fire, actually, I got like, so a lot of the fire stuff is kind of like my, my field, like the branding and the marketing, but I actually made a really cool connection with Kim, um, who is the CEO of Central Alchemy and Visual Alchemy. And so we actually partnered on um, like my messaging magic kit. So I actually have a candle of hers burning and um, we might partner in the future for client projects for if they need like logo design and et cetera. But I think it also like made me see for myself that sometimes you need an outside person to like structure you. Cause like I tell clients all the time, like you need to like get real narrow and specific on who are your customers? What's your value? What are your colors? Uh, but like when I was doing it for myself, I was like, narrowing it down is scary. I'll do it later. And so like having being held accountable in that way, like, no, you need to give your business the same love that you give to your customers was really important in the fire module for me. I love that. I also think that like what you said about, like, you need someone you even in the areas that like are your niche i feel like we outside people in the areas that are what we do even more because we're too close like i'm so much better at writing copy for other people's shit because i have no objections to their stuff like i have no like i'm like oh yeah of course you can say that this is like life-changing like of course you can say this is great or like um it's really easy for me to see what information is important and what isn't in someone else's stuff. But for me, when I'm describing my own work, I'm like, well, this is important and this is important. And I want to tell them everything, you know, it's like, so I think that we always need an outside eye and some structure and some support, especially in the areas that are like, are the things that we are really good at for other people. Cause we're just too close to our own work. Wait, fires also launch, right? The launching and structuring an offer how to structure an offer, how to price an offer, defining transformation. Okay. I totally lied. I was like, all right. So I tried to offer like 50 million services and you were like, no. And I'm like, no, I have to, Sarah, you don't understand. Almost every time we talked, I was like, what about half this many things? And then half it again. (laughs) I was like, how about 40 million? I can't go any lower, Sarah. Um, Um, So there was that. And then also I had... Oh, Kristen, if Kristen's still on, both of you will probably remember I had like a four week meltdown because you're like, you're not TJ Maxx, Isa, you're Bloomingdale's. And I was like, I can't handle it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but pricing, pricing, I really needed a lot of support around pricing that brought up a lot of feelings. And um, also like, it's probably going to be easier to sell four offers than fourth million. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to talk a lot about that this week at from freelancer to CEO on Wednesday. And I just kind of put this thing together. I don't want to give away too much of what I want to drop on there, but like your approach to making lots of offers is a very classic approach when you're coming out of the freelance world, because as a freelancer, what makes you valuable is that you can go a lot of different places. You're like, I can do this. I can do this. Give me all the gigs. Like, look how many different things I can do. Like, I always end up feeling like it's like that 80s dude in Central Park with the trench coat. <laughs> like, I have Rolexes. I have totes. 
letters. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Totally. It's hard to to shift your mindset to believing that you'll be more successful narrowing your scope than being able to be all things to all men. <laughs> You're like, I can be everything to everyone. Really hard to sell everything to everyone. Yeah. I think it was also really interesting. I don't remember if this is EE or this was like a podcast I was listening to, but like it really kind of coincided with this journey of being like, oh, I have some codependent perfectionist tendencies um, I should maybe address. And like working on that part also made me be like, maybe I don't have to do every single thing in the whole world for my clients. (laughs) And I mean, that's really water work. And I, Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. And you already touched on this, but like your business is a relationship, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I talk being like a romantic relationship all the time. And it's more similar than I think people think, but like in the same way that a romantic relationship ends up being a mirror for all your wounds and your trauma and (laughs) like your business, is a mirror for all of yourself. Like you said, like your body comes up, your self-worth stuff comes up, things around scarcity, around how you deal with money. And these are all, for most of us, like these are deep childhood things that we need to work through. And if we don't work through them, our business will suffer, mm-hmm. right? Like being codependent with our clients, all of our from our clients' approval is actually really dangerous for our business. And so when that shows up, we're like, oh, yeah, that's fully me. Like, that's (laughs) for this business to be healthy. Yeah, that was really mind-blowing, for sure, that I was just like, this is mirroring how I am in relation to people in general. (laughs) But yeah, I think we forget that business is just relationships with people. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people. <laughs> like all, all kinds of different people who bring out all kinds of different things in us all the time. Yeah. And I think like a big thing for me that was really healing was to be like, I feel like I spent like most of my life up to the point of opening my business where I was just trying to get a seat at the table. Or near the table. It could be in the corner looking at the table. But, like, I was working really hard to just be invited in the room and just, like, squeezed in there somewhere. And then it was so healing to be like, oh, wait, I get to just choose what rooms I'm in now. Um, which was felt like a really healing thing to realize with EE's help. <laughs> That's so powerful. That's really important. It's great for me to hear, too, because, like, I think that like I'm a life coach first before I'm a business coach and I put my business coaching together from a life coaching perspective. And it's because life coaching was really, has been continues to be really profound for me, helping me with my work. And like so much of what I've worked on with coaches and continue to work on with people like, or in my own healing journey is stuff about boundaries self-worth, self-determination, and your business getting to be a vehicle for that healing in our lives is like, it's not talked about enough considering that I'm pretty sure it's just how it is for everybody. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure that all of us who start businesses go through this same thing of like, 
oh, wait, I get to turn clients down. I get to decide what jobs I do and don't take. Like, wow, that changes everything. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> it is really cool. Ugh, I can't imagine doing anything else. Same. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to tell you one other thing I realized was different. Um, like, I realized actually specifically after I was like, I need passive income sources so I don't burn myself out. I haven't had a migraine in two months. And um, so Sarah and Kristen probably know, like, I got like, for most of my adult life, like really debilitating migraines that would just knock me out for days. And like, I think now my my body had probably been like rest. And I was like, No, thank you. <laughs> and then my body was like, no, seriously, rest. And I was like, no, not today. And then <laughs> my body was just like, and shutting down. <laughs> um, and so like with EE, rest is very central focus. Like how is your life going to feel good to you? Um, like it, it, I feel like that reminder comes at perfect intervals and in the material like when we're talking about pricing, when you're talking about launching, when you're talking about offers, um, that you're like, hold on, have you factored in needing to sleep? Have you factored in maybe seeing your family and friends every once in a while? Have you factored in what you need to do to keep yourself healthy? And um, like that really, I needed that level of frequency of reminders because corporate does not do that for you. Um, <laughs> and like this whole like time is money ethos we have culturally, it takes like a lot of, or it took me like a lot of concerted, consistent effort over time to start like deprogramming. And like, it's really cool to be like, hey, my body's happier with me now in my business. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like another thing I don't think see talked about enough is that like a lot of startup culture, the way that it's taught, like the grind, hustle hard, team no sleep, like, you know, outwork your competition, blah, blah, blah. A lot of that mentality besides coming from like Ivy League bro culture also comes from tech venture capital culture where your startup is being built on venture capital money where you are literally being fucking timed on your results. They want to see that you're hitting milestones at a certain speed for their investment. But if we're not starting a tech bro marketing firm with billions of dollars of venture capital money, like we don't have to work like that. Like there's no one who's going to show up at our office at midnight to see if we're still working to like, you know, validate their investment. And in, like, we don't have to do that. And a lot of startup culture and how startup language is online, we forget comes from this like venture capital world that like we're not most of us aren't in like we yeah. don't have <laughs> like I rem I'm from the Bay Area so I remember that culture of like companies that had round the clock catering and beds and like really cool offices because you didn't realize you were like buying into a gilded cake they were never gonna let you go home <laughs> like yeah we don't have to do that <laughs> yeah and actually I had an insight about that recently like where so I worked in a tech adjacent field for several years. And then before that in newspapers, which both have that very high production, um, like 
you get rewarded for like producing a crazy amount, working harder than anybody, sort of depending on what intersecting identities you have and the makeup of your leadership team. But um, like what I realized was in both those climates, um, there's a very work hard, play hard ethos that and the play hard bit is all numbing. It's like alcohol, substance, like um, just like a lot of stuff. And I was realizing through EE, like when I'd come home and have a few glasses of wine after work, it was so that I wouldn't have to acknowledge how tired I was. And then like if I'd stop drinking, I'd have to like realize how tired everything felt. And that was really hard. And like it's so cool to be like, what if you build a life that you don't have to numb yourself out from? Um, it's such, it's so different. <laughs> it's so different, you guys. <laughs> and that's part of why in we start with earth and we start with the idea of sustaining as most of our enculturated relationship to earth is extractive and our relationship to the earth is our relationship to our bodies and to labor. And we live in this extractive capitalist world that is like, get as much as you can while putting as little as possible back. And we'll worry about, yeah. we'll worry about it later. <laughs> and it's not really working <laughs> for anybody. It's not working for us. And so when we go to start our own thing, like, Realizing that we don't have to replicate extractive conditions in our own business, I think is really, that I think is the beginning of realizing how different your life can be, just starting with sustainability. And by sustainability, I also mean like, can you run this business in the next decade mm -hmm. without burning out or more, right? Like the goal is not to be for two years and burn out. The goal is that you're going to build a, a business that you're going to stay in for a long time. And for a lot of us, I think, I know this was true for me for years approaching it like a freelancer was this idea of once I get far enough ahead, then I'll be able to restructure everything. But it's just like any other relationship. Like if you start a relationship with no boundaries, totally overperforming and thinking that eventually this person's going to turn around and start like treating you with respect and as much as you give, it work that way. And <laughs> We, I did that with my business for so long. And I think a lot of us do is like, I'll just take every single client possible. I'll accept all these low paying gigs. I'll work myself around the clock and somehow eventually I'll build enough respect and clout and money in the bank that then I can take hours off. And like, it, it's kind of backwards and starting from the idea of like, if you were living a life where you were well-resourced and got to and taken care of and comfortable and had the kind of groceries that you need to have and like have as much time off as you really need how many hours are left for work and there how do we build you a business that supports that life is a completely different way about work than most of us have ever had yeah absolutely I think that also like really ties back to like getting braver on narrowing down who I want to work with as clients. Um, because like before I, before that section in elemental entrepreneurship, like I had a few clients that were like, how can I get as much possible work out of you for paying as little as possible? And then let's argue about it. And, right. um, like that's, I realized like, 
I don't want to spend my time arguing. Like if you're going to question why my price is this much, you're not my customer. Like go with God. Uh, <laughs> um, and it was really, it's so, I had that fear. Like, I think that was my top fear starting my business. Like what if I, I get a client in a discovery call and they're like, why do you cost this much? Like your worth work isn't worth this much. And like that literally happened. And like, luckily you, through coaching with you, you're like, Oh, that doesn't mean it's true. That's just the wrong customer. <laughs> you know? I also think what you just said is really important. I think everyone I've ever worked with and happened to well, have had a conversation with a client where someone literally said our biggest fear to us. And I always consider that a business benchmark. It has to happen so that you can have the experience of hearing yourself out of your own mouth, shut someone down for something you say to yourself and be like, oh, I just heard my, like, I was so incensed when this person said this to me. And it gave me the opportunity to really stand in my value and explain to them why the fuck they're wrong. And now I don't have to be afraid of this anymore because it happened and I handled it. And like, it's so, everyone I've ever worked with has had this experience of like, wow, today was the day that someone said my biggest fear to me. And I got to like stand in that moment and talk myself through it. I definitely had early on, I think it was with the launch of body. Life, had someone messaged me this big long thing about how I should be giving my work away for free. And that healers should work for free. And that like what I was doing seemed cool, but it seemed self-serving that I was charging for it. And I got to like have this really empowered conversation where I explained to them why I think it's important that like femmes charge for intellectual property and why I think it's important. Like, you know, I was like, hey, I agree. If we lived in a world where I didn't have to charge money for anything, I would be so happy with that. But unfortunately, I don't. And I don't ever want to live again in a world where I have to like have a shitty job where I'm making someone else money so that I can do the work that's really important on the side. Like, this is why I have to value my work. This is why I value my work. You don't have to pay for it, but I charge it. And at the end of that conversation, she ended up wanting to join the program and like ended up awesome with all of that like I had like kind of really laid out like here are the reasons it's important that femmes charge for their work here's the reason it's important that he charge for their work here's the reason that it's important that like as a as a femme business owner I have self-determination around what my work is worth in the world and at the end of it like they were like completely converted and then I walked out of that being like oh that was like the thing I was most afraid people would think. And someone just said it to me out loud. And I really believed in what I said to them when I answered it. And now I feel different. And I've never had that conversation again. Like no one has come to me with that. That's so cool. And like, I think I'm guessing like it kind of even didn't matter for you. Whether the other person got it, you're just like, here's why. I don't agree with you. Take it or leave it. Because like with my experience, I was just like, I don't want to work with you now. Like, I don't care if you agree with me. Like this just, you know, <laughs> isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. no, that, that was I, cool. That was very cool for a people pleaser to be like, it doesn't matter what you do with this. <laughs> like I'm clear on my reasons. 
Yeah, like the idea that I don't want to work with anyone who thinks that I should give my labor away for free. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't generally in my life want to be with people who don't value me or see my contributions as valuable. Yeah, yeah, that was mind blowing. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but for me, I was just like, whoa, this is different. <laughs> huge. So huge. And then, like, when you start having clients where you're like, this is the price, and they're like, okay here yeah yeah oh. like after you made me quadruple the prices too um <laughs> that happens yeah you would have to yeah. sell 30 of these a day to pay your bills actually now that i think of it like i had more like price quibbler quibblers coming in when my prices were lower like like you literally made me quadruple my prices and now i don't have price um contentiousness in my sales calls yeah which is really weird like now that I'm expensive well it's not <laughs> like it feels counterintuitive but it's true and like I've seen things about it and jokes about it like the $500 customer is like justify to me every single dollar in this invoice and the $50,000 customer is like where can I send the payment um, <laughs> yeah there is something about when people are in a space in their business and their mindset where they are in pitching every penny, nickel and diming, completely like worried about where every single go, that's the mindset that they're in. Like they, they are coming to you with fear and scarcity to start with and working with people who are like in a space of, I understand that I'm going to have to invest money in this business and I'm willing to invest the money that I need for quality. Um, is a, it's a completely different customer and it's so much nicer working with people who are in a place of like, I understand that I have to, like, I might be scared making big investments, but I work through that fear on my own. I don't project it onto the person I'm hiring. Like I go off by myself and go, Oh my God, $12,000 is a lot of money to spend on something here. <laughs> but like, that's what we do as business owners all the time is we continue. That's that risky part is making big investments that we, we know on some level will pay off, but that doesn't make it less scary to make big investments in our business. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. And then also like another thing that EE really blew my mind for is like, for some reason, mentally, I had a really hard time like charging um, like big ticket numbers for some like a skill of mine or something that was really easy for me to do, or I'd done so much research on it, I could do it really fast. Like it would take me like half an hour. Um, and like, for some reason I had a really hard time being like, I'm allowed to charge money for this. And like, you had to literally be like, just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's easy for everyone. And maybe because it's easy for you, that's why people should be paying you to do it for them when it's not a skill they have themselves. And for some reason, that was really hard for me to like internalize um, until I had like sufficient repetition of that mindset. <laughs> that's so important that you mentioned that. And I think that like, that's one of those capitalist mindset loop traps that's really because if we are raised believing that money comes from hard work, the inverse of that is that we shouldn't make money for things that are easy for us to do. But it's like the things that are easy for us are usually our zone of genius, right? And it's like everyone kind of gets to have their own. And those are the things we should be kind of charging the most for. I feel the same way about like 
electricians, people who are really great with PARs or something like that. Like, yeah, it might be really fast and easy for you to fix the wiring of my house, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to pay you hundreds or thousands of dollars to do it. Because if I try to do it, I'm going to electrocute myself and die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that you, like, A, it might come easily to you, but B, it also may come easily to you because you've invested years of practice in getting to the point that you can do this quickly and easily it's still really valuable and something I shouldn't be trying to do myself. <laughs> but yeah, like that, that's a loop I see a lot. And I do think it comes from the idea that we're raised with money comes from hard work that we don't think about how the flip side of that belief may be. If it's easy for me, I shouldn't get out of it. It's really weird. Yeah. And I think about that a lot with, for me, because the things that don't come easily for me mostly have to do with like, I mean, there's a lot like car things, electric thing, you know, like that kind of like that stuff, but also like math things. When I meet people who are like, being an accounting just comes really easily to me. I'm like, take my fucking money. Cause it's not that I can't do it, but I definitely don't enjoy it. This is not fun for me. It's not that. And it requires a lot of caffeine and perfect conditions and tons of focus. And I'm still probably not going to do as good a job as someone who's like, this is their... You like did math for fun in school. You were a math. Take my money. I was <laughs> not fun for me. Oh, that's such a good lesson for like hiring help too. Because um, I think like I was very in a like, I need to save as much money as possible. And like when it, when it came time to do taxes, like there was something I just couldn't like fix in my book and it books. And I literally spent like three hours trying to do it. And then finally I was like, I emailed my accountant and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. And she was like, I fixed it in 15 minutes. And that was such a perfect lesson for me. I was like, I should have just paid her up front and not wasted the three hours and all that stress. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I posted something earlier that I saw that said that talked about how expensive it is to be cheap. And it's like Mm. business lesson. And it's like those clients that nickel and dime us, but also like, us trying to DIY everything to save cash. But then you realize that like what you lost in time, like those three hours of your zone of genius for a client are so much more valuable in your business than you spending three hours doing something that like your accountant could have done in 15 minutes for a little bit of money. And it's like, but it takes some, some work and some practice to get out of the mindset of like, I have to save cash and try to do everything myself versus the idea that like my time is actually the most valuable thing yeah totally so so huge um yeah (laughs) learning to like start delegating everything that somebody else could do is huge because there are so many things in your business that only you can do and that's really like where you're the most valuable yeah I think that was a big piece of it being like I'm allowed to value my own time was like a big thing I needed support around. And then also like, I feel like I had really weird connotations with being like, I need help. (laughs) Like, like admitting to myself, like I need help with something (laughs) was really hard for me. Um, Like I, I thought it meant like, that means admitting I'm failing. (laughs) Like, can't do everything. Um, And so like, I really needed some support around that where like, being like, I need help in an area doesn't mean like, 
you've lost faith in yourself or your business or everything's going to fall apart. You're just like, I value my time and I want to spend it wisely. Yeah, absolutely. And support is allowed. <laughs> support allowed. But when you look at, at other successful businesses, like no one builds anything really great totally by themselves. Like everyone who's like really doing big things has a team. Yeah. At some, right. Like even if that team is like, they have a housekeeper, they have childcare support, they have, um, I don't know, like they order their, their meal delivery, like they order food, right? Like even that is us valuing our time and being like, I need help with like, in order for me to be at the, the top level I can be, or to create a business that serves as many people as I want to serve, I shouldn't try to play every role. It's like wiser to like delegate all of the things that can be delegated. One of the first things I offloaded, like one of the first helps I got when I started making money in my business was a housekeeper. And like that took a lot for me because I can clean my own house, but I can't delegate rest. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, right? Like I can't delegate rest. And so like when I started having some my house and I started ordering groceries so that I could actually have a full day off as opposed to like a day where I ran errands and cleaned and went back to work like that was a really big shift for me. and noticing like one of the things I know about myself with my mental health is like mess butter makes me sad or like gives me anxiety and how much it made my week go smoother to hand that off to someone and it was another woman-owned small business that i got to pay from my business it brought so much joy it cleared up so much space in my life and it was like it was one of the first things i started delegating and I was like, oh this isn't what a lot of people think of when they think of help but i especially for femmes like hire like hiring help for domestic shit is fucking huge <laughs> fucking huge yeah I was also realizing like, it's so valuable to have just people you can talk to about your work that like, know what's going on, you can bounce ideas off of like, I think like around the same time I started partnering like, with my friend Bob for like design stuff and development and like another uh, cool person for like product photography. And I realized I was like, I could feel myself feeling lighter. I'm like, I need to be able to like collaborate with people at like, that's so valuable for me. Like, even if I'm bringing on people to do stuff, I might have some skill area in, but it's like their specialty. And then also like, I, I don't know. Like, I was just like, I'm never like hesitating to like collaborate with cool people again. Cause it just uplifted my, my up leveled my head. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Some ways those collaborations too, like they they you seeing other professionals get excited about your work and your product because they're involved makes us so much more excited. It feels really validating and confirming. And then also there's something about how much more enthusiastically I share work that was collaborative, right? Like if I make a sales page by myself. It's just okay. I'm like, oh, go check this out. But if I make a sales page where I have like help with the copy and I have a professional graphic designer put it together and it looks really beautiful, and I'm like, I, this is mine. Like, this looks so good. 
I'm much more excited to share that, like, and to give all those people credit. What we made, it doesn't feel quite the same as like, I made this thing. <laughs> yeah. And that, oh my gosh, that's like one of my favorite things about being in business so far is to like throw money to other talented creatives I care about that like might have been weirdly undervalued in like corporate America for like stupid reasons. <laughs> so like that's like such a good feeling to be like, I believe in you and your talents and I want to and like partner my baby bird business with you, et cetera. You know? Yeah. It's so it, that feels so good. It feels so good. Well, we're coming up on time. I want to just like, thank you so, so much. Um, so part of the reason I wanted to have Issa on today is because very soon I'm opening up the elemental entrepreneurship coven, new kind of group format for elemental entrepreneurship. I'm not running it as a high ticket, coaching package at the same way. And now you can get the membership where you're going to get access to all of the course material and group coaching as part of an ongoing monthly membership. So I wanted to have people have an opportunity to hear like what Elemental is like from someone who's in business using the formula. Also, uh, Kim, who's on the chat, Central Alchemy, not only is she one of my clients, but she's who Issa was talking about does the visual branding module in Elemental Entrepreneurship Fire. And Ginger Fatal is one of my clients and she opened her business using the framework. So uh, there's other people on here that you can talk to about it. The doors are not open for that yet. They're opening on Wednesday at uh, From Freelancer to CEO, what no one is teaching you about building a profitable business. The doors are going to open to people who register for that event at a account. And then the doors will open for everyone on 420, uh, which I'm very excited. I love having a business because I get to do things like make 420 a holiday in my business where I run a sale. <laughs> They're my people. Uh, if you're excited about 420 as a holiday and think it's a day that businesses should sales, then you're my target market. <laughs> um, Issa, is there anything else you would say to someone who's considering joining Elemental or maybe on the fence about it? What would you tell them? Um, I think, like, if you feel, like, alone in your business right now, like, support is going to mean so much for you. Like, not just intellectual and this is how you do the thing, which you do get in EE, but, like, through the community, like, it's so, it's so valuable. It feels so much more, like, hopeful and doable when you know you're not alone. Other people are doing the same thing and having feelings and that doesn't mean you're failing. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming on with me today. Those of you who watched live. Thank you. I love you. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time. So many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at intuitive edge coaching or join my Facebook group unstuck group to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.